Hello, my name is Bella Arnold and I am a second year journalism major and creative writing minor at Cal State Long Beach. And I am absolutely thrilled to be your host for The Pitch Podcast. Each week I will bring on new guests to explore the creativity of students, professors, and faculty. The guests will be given the task of crafting a pitch that incorporates three unique elements. And this pitch can be anything, a feature piece, a screenplay, a PR pitch, or even a Wattpad novel. The opportunities are endless. Now, let's get into it. I am so excited to welcome my guest today. I will be joined today by Abby Clark. Abby is a student at University of Kent in Canterbury, and you guessed it, she is British. Is it weird that I brag about her accent? Yup. Will I do it like eight more times? Yup. Abby studied abroad at Cal State Long Beach as an English creative writing student for the 2019 to 2020 school year. And it is just my absolute pleasure to be introducing you to Abby Clark. Thank you for joining me today, Abby. And why don't you go ahead and start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Abby. Uh, I am an English and American literature uh, major from the University of Kent, which is in Canterbury in England. Um, and I'm a senior now, which is very scary. <laughs> so I'm 21 and I... I'm just a complete geek on everything and I love it and um yeah (laughs) that's me. I was thinking like yesterday when I was like writing this all out I was like what was our origin because I feel like just one day we were just friends (laughs) like just but then I remember our origin was when we were in Patty's class (laughs) we were sitting on opposite sides of the room and someone said something. I can't even remember what it was. It was spooky, though. It was, like, like, weird. Like, I, I went, like, what? <laughs> I just don't have a... Well, I, okay, I, this is how I... I remember the first day, I thought that you were cool because like, your jacket was really cute. And I was like, oh, she looks fun. But then I, like, that class... Because it was a playwriting class. And, like, you know, yeah. I'm not a... Play, I'm not a theater major. So I was just really, like, overwhelmed <laughs> in that environment. <laughs> so then I was, like okay like maybe I'll talk to her one day but like I I need to take my time because I'm overwhelmed right now and then like somebody said something spooky about like being manipulative and I do not have yes. a poker face yeah do you remember he was like yeah he's like I've been the manipulator and I have been manip-. I was like um yeah and we both I just something happened where we both just went like we just stared at each other from across the room yeah. and we're like that's it that's we're friends now <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, I think after that, like, I showed up to – because we both would show up to class kind of early because I had a class mm-hmm. right before that was, like, the building over. And then yeah. we started talking about YA and, like, book publishing, and then we just never yeah, stopped it, it talking. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> okay, so now let's get into the first part of the show. Pitches are all about thinking on your feet. As a journalist, I'm always looking for new angles to craft pitches, but this is something that people encounter in every career. PR, writing, business, communications, even sales. And today's white boy of the month is Chris Evans. I'm going to be pitching Abby three plots to movies starring Chris Evans, and her job is to guess which movie I'm talking about. Here's the first one. In this movie, Chris is a brooding rich connoisseur of a cable knit sweater and the champion of a murderous plot. Knives out. <laughs> yes. Let's unpack this. Okay. Knives out. Amazing. It is so good. It is really, really good. All the cast is really good, but I just have a fixation. <laughs> On him. He, he is the center of my universe, always. 
his voice. Like I'll watch people, I'm like, wow, they're great. Chris Evans, though. Like, let's <laughs> just walk in the back. I'm like, he really changed the plot. Like he added things to this. <laughs> All right. And for the second Chris Evans pitch. Chris is featured for a juicy 10 minutes as a maniacal skater ex-boyfriend, though his kickflips are no match to the power of Michael Sarah's love. Is that not another teen movie? No. Which one's that? Oh, it's that one where he has the really bad goatee. Yes. Um, Think Michael Sarah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I only see gift sets from it. <laughs> you haven't seen it? No. <gasps> it's Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, I've never seen it. You need to. It's on Netflix, I think. It is incredible. Yeah, I've never seen it because he looks weird in it. And also it's, I think it's very much like an American thing that everyone has seen. Whereas like, it's not that big of a thing here. Whereas like, I think for us, our version is like hot fuzz. Mm, yeah, because it's like, it was like the Michael Sarah era. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah era. But that much Michael Sarah. I watched Juno. That was it. It was like around the time of Juno. And I think honestly around the time of Arrested Development because he was pretty baby faced in all these um, but it is so good. He is, I didn't realize it was him at first because he has like weird hair and a weird goatee because he's like essentially like a villain. So like in this movie, Michael Sarah like is trying to- He a trench coat, doesn't he? And a weird trench coat because he's like, like, yeah. like he has powers. It's like really weird. I don't know how to explain it. Like he's- I will watch it. I will add it to my watch list because I have a few things on that. I will it's good. It. It's not that long. Michael Sarah is like dated, trying to date this girl, but she has like seven evil exes and he has to de- defeat all of them in order to date her. So it's like Harry's like trying to defeat Voldemort's Horcruxes, but boyfriends. Yes. I love it. The way it always circles back to Harry Potter is yes. a talent. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't support J.K. I feel like I need to be that kind of- yeah, no, it's crazy to think that Harry Potter was written by nobody. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe Diane wrote Harry Potter. <laughs> Emma Watson's a really, really good fan. author. Age, wow, I just love him so much. <laughs> we stand one legend. We stand one legend, and it is Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, the last one, America's ass. <sighs> you know, I love my man captain america that's i mean it depends which one we're talking about that quote is from endgame but you know there's a first avenger there's the winter soldier then the civil war and then avengers age of ultron infinity war endgame he's been in all of those as captain america yeah and he's he also makes a cameo in the second thor movie as captain america too okay i did not know that the more you know i guess (laughs) um so we love Chris Evans on this podcast it is no secret um I'm not really a Marvel person maybe that's controversial but Stan Knives out (laughs) anyways let's get into the pitch before we recorded today's episode of the podcast I gave Abby three elements that she had to weave into a pitch and once again there are no boundaries to what that pitch can be she can stick to her writer roots and create a scenario that would warrant a novel or a short story or she can branch out a little bit and pitch me something like a song journalistic feature etc and it's my choice to decide if I would greenlight the project what gives me the authority you may ask absolutely nothing For today's pitch, Abby was asked to incorporate the mukbang video trend, Martha Stewart's time in jail due to insider trading, and the Mueller report. 
And now it's time to hear the pitch. Yeah, um, so. I think I'm a little bit overexcited. <laughs> I will be honest, um, I wrote out a thing <gasps> what I was doing. Okay, so basically it's a TV show that is split into two separate storylines at the beginning and then they kind of merge into one. So there's two main characters. The first main character is played by Kat Dennings um, from Two Broke Girls. And she is a mukbang video star and she's like super duper liberal. Like she is hella Hillary, like super, oh, it's set in 2016. I should probably mention that. She's like super liberal. She's great. The second character is played by Maisie Williams and she's a Russian spy who is working as a Postmates delivery person, but who's actually there to cover up the fact that she's interfering with the government. <laughs> so <laughs> that is the opening. And like the way that we see the two characters meet for the first time is um, Maisie Williams is like going to give her like a mukbang delivery um, and she takes it. And then the mukbang girl gets put into jail because people start to question how she got so much money. Cause she's only got like 300 followers. Like she's not a famous YouTuber. She's just like doing it for fun. Um, and she like so all of a sudden like gets all this money and everyone's like, where did you get all this money from? Um, so I say it was like, everyone thinks it's insider trading, like they all think that it's what Martha Stewart was doing, like the insider trading stuff, but in reality she has a sugar daddy who's played by Pierce Brosnan because I just wanted to include Pierce Brosnan in it. Um, so she has a sugar daddy, so she's not doing anything illegal but she gets arrested. And then the Russian spy also gets put into jail, but not for being a Russian spy, but because she got into a fight at a Trump event. And so they meet in jail and the mukbang girl hears that she got into a fight with Trump event. She was like, oh, I would totally get into a fight with them too. Like Trump's terrible, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they become friends and like she starts teaching the Russian spy about American culture and like why Trump is bad. But it's very like fun. It's very like, if you've seen the second Bridget Jones movie and Bridget Jones is in this, <laughs> the like Thailand jail and like she's teaching all the girls how to sing. <laughs> it's like very much that kind of vibe. It's very wholesome. It's very fun. Um, and then, um, and it's all like developing through a TV show. So there'd be like a ton of extra side characters as well. I just didn't know who they would be right now. Um, they'd probably be like love interests and all that stuff and more sugar daddies played by other hot old celebrities. Um, and then as it comes to the end, like they're watching a TV in prison and Trump wins and McVan girl's really sad and Russian girl's like, oh no, maybe Trump isn't a good idea. Like, what have I done? Like, the, whatever. And the finale is basically they get released from prison and mukbang girl realizes what russian spy did like russian spy confessed to her and was like oh no like all this stuff and so mukbang girl's really angry and then they finally reunite and it's the russian spy and she comes knocking at the mukbang girl's door with a sign for the women's march and she's like please watch with me me because you taught me so much and like it's great and it's very wholesome ending and they're gonna she's gonna become liberal it's great it's wholesome and i also decided taylor swift has to make a cameo just because i want taylor swift to make a cameo <laughs> And it's the song Only the Young because tune. Everyone who says that's Taylor Swift's first song is wrong. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> I uh, I every episode I'm like, I would green light that. When I say I would watch the show without blinking, I would binge it. Abby. It's just like writing this was like a fever dream. Like you gave me those three things and I was just like please write it into something this is so like it is such oh my I literally have no words it is it's like one of my favorite pitches that I've ever heard the <laughs> fact that you had the casting down and it and started with just Pierce Brosnan and then I got out of hand 
No, but I could totally see Maisie Williams playing a Russian spy. Are you kidding me? Ugh, I'm at a loss. I literally have nothing to, I'm so, okay, wait, let's unpack this. Let's unpack this. She gets arrested for having sugar daddy. Love it. They think it's insider trading, even better. She, also, like, she should definitely have a fever dream of Martha Stewart telling her it's going to be okay or something. Like, she needs to have that. Martha Stewart definitely makes a cameo. Like, yeah, she has to. Taylor, Taylor and Martha are the licensed cameo <laughs> people. It's perfect. Thank you. Perfect. I, I, I was thinking about this this afternoon. I was like, right, okay. I didn't really know what insider trading was. I had to Google it, if I'm honest. Honestly, I, I, it was on Gossip Girl. That's how I knew about it. I, it's perfect. I just... <laughs> And like you could have like the prison people be like fun side characters. Like it was just oh, definitely like oh I was. God. I haven't seen Orange Is the New Black, but I I know the vibes kind With of that energy. Yeah, like fun girl, fun girl prison. <laughs> it's a little like camp, like GNO Girls Night Out, but it's prison. Oh, <laughs> that is that's the plot. That's it. GNO, but it's prison. That's that's your one line pitch of this. Yeah. Girls Night Out, make it prison. Make it prison. <laughs> it was amazing. I love that. I honestly, I think you should write this. I think you should send it to studios. And I think that they will have no choice but produce, but to produce it. Because I will pick it if they do not. <laughs> Let's all get to know Abby a little bit better. I want to know what made her fall in love with writing and what the future may hold for our British queen. Uh. <laughs> okay, so I picked CSURB. We'll do that one first. Um, so the main reason originally that I picked CSURB was the proximity to Disneyland. I'm not gonna lie. Um, that was the initial appeal. Was I was looking at all the different options that my university had, and then that was the one that was closest to Disney. Um, and that ended up being just like such a small portion of my time there because I think in the end it was just kind of like I made so many friends. And it was just so, it was such a friendly place. Like, I'm really glad that I went to California because I think it was just so friendly and so wholesome. And it was just so, the teaching is really incredible. I think they just had such a wide range of classes. Like, I was talking about this earlier, like, it just, the amount of classes that I had and the options that I had were just so appealing to me because I had something that I could do that would just bring in all my interests. And then... I hadn't written that much before as well. Like, again, dead honesty, I was writing fan fiction before I got to CSULV. I had not written, like, hardly anything original. Like, it was such a new thing to me. And then I submitted a story to get into the creative writing kind of program um, and for them to see what level I was at. And they were like, this is great, but we'll start you off in the beginners because, you know, I've done a proper creative writing class before. And then it just sort of, I realized that that was my favorite class and it just sort of grew from that. And it was great. And just the professors were just so helpful. And my classmates was just amazing. I just, every single class, I just like made a little group of friends and it was great. And it was just like all these like artists like collaborating together and it was great. It was so wholesome. I loved it. Um, yeah. Um, well, okay, so you talked about, like, writing fan fiction. I know this is something that we've talked about before. Because, like, I, that was another thing we bonded over was just, like, we were readers. Like, we've yeah. always been readers. So, like, 
did like your love of reading stem from anything or was it because for me it was just like something to pass the time and then I fell in love with it but I don't know about you it started off when I think like the first story I ever got really like obsessive with and like fell in love with was Harry Potter tragically um because my dad read the story aloud to us when we were kids like we went camping and we couldn't really afford to do like much other than camping at that point so we went camping and it was quite cold because England is cold and we were like wrapped up in our sleeping bags and my dad was reading the first Harry Potter book aloud um and then he like does all the voices and everything like he does Hagrid and it was just so cute and so wholesome I just remember getting really attached to that story and then I started reading books like more for school and then it started to like in the UK we have like this author called Jacqueline Wilson who's like very popular with young girls um it's kind of like John Green but like pre-John Green um it's like pre-teen John Green and so a lot of girls were like reading that and I started to get into that and then the kind of YA boom happened I read like Percy Jackson and then the Hunger Games and then Divergent and like all these YA booms just like jumped out and I found like a group of friends who were all reading the same books and it just kind of became a thing of swapping and it became a thing of again it became like a thing of like friends and like doing it all together it was just and then the movies were coming out as well so it's like very popular at the time to be into books I think in like 2012 2013 it was such a cool thing like it was what everyone wanted to do is like if you haven't read the Hunger Games you're fake like it was it was a case of you have to do it otherwise you're not cool and so that was kind of like pushed me even further I think and then it's as I got older and I continued kind of reading the same things it was just because I loved them in the end it was like I will read what I want to read and things that really like touch me and then like this summer I was trying to read as many books as I possibly could my aim for the year was originally 20 I surpassed 20 and now my aim is 30 um that aren't school books because I was like school books don't count because I'm not reading them for fun and I was like I sat there and I was like I'm gonna see one if my teen authors that I loved hold up some of them do some of them don't <laughs> um and then I was like I'll read classics if I want to read them but not because I feel like I have to read them so I read Oscar Wilde and that changed me I love Oscar Wilde I'm now obsessed with him um and then it was just like I read a lot of books that my friends were recommending to me again and it was so refreshing it was so refreshing and it made me like find out what I think good writing is and what bad writing is as well <laughs> and I think it really changes once you've done creative writing as well how you look at books it's really surprising because I've read this is gonna be I'm not I'm not slating Kira Cass I really enjoy the selection I really do but I read The Betrothed and it's not good writing <laughs> and I realized a lot of things about like making plots and doing things and plot twists and how you do them and how you don't do them and it was like really interesting to do that then from a different perspective and it's kind of that thing where as you read, as you get older, you do it from a different perspective, I think, because you learn more and you read more and then you all of a sudden gain like a lot more context and things for them, which is another great thing about an English degree, because <laughs> like, you just, you know, loads of random stuff about, like I live with all STEM students this year. And so they're talking about microbiomes and really intense things. And I'm there like, y'all know Jekyll and Hyde is like, low-key about being gay and the Victorian fear of like homophobia y'all know that and they're like no why would we I'm like have you ever read Pride and Prejudice do you know who Mr Darcy is and they're like no I'm like right okay <laughs> I'm gonna give you some culture you guys can tell me about microbiomes and I will give you culture like <laughs> it's shocking <laughs> but it's great <laughs> I love that. I think I, and that's so interesting what you said about like seeing if the stories hold up because it was such like a popular thing to be like a reader. Yeah. Like we really grew up in a time of like the YA like 
gold oh, yeah. standard of like divergent like divergent i would be curious to read it again because allegiant was one of the best i thought one of the best and we watched like, a movie literally last night and it was not as great as it used to be but the movie is disappointing because they yeah. changed the ending it was disappointing at the time as well like it was at the same time as Catching Fire. It was like around the same time. I remember, I think we went to go see them within like two weeks of each other or something ridiculous. And Catching Fire was so good. <laughs> Catching Fire was the best. I think it's the best book and the best movie. Um, but- Maybe the love Finnick still. Oh. Age 21. I still love him as much as- Finnick is still white boy of the month. He will be white boy of the millennium. Yes, honestly. Uh, but it was like I I would be curious I bought a John Green book recently I think I got looking for Alaska because I read a lot of them like I was in like elementary school and so I would like go to the library and I'd just check it out on the bring it back <laughs> and I was a nerd so I was like a library assistant so I could literally just go and I'd be like hey I'm gonna read this give me 20 <laughs> like, um but yeah I love that okay here's a hypothetical let's say so we've talked a little bit about wanting to go into publishing or just wanting to be a writer in general so let's say a book gets signed your your book is getting released your novel is going to be shown to the world you're about to let me turn into a creative writer your weathered shoes are about to cross the threshold to your future this is so beautiful please continue (laughs) you're about to walk into the room where you're going to do your first book reading for the book that you're releasing and you hear someone go stop he says, don't go in there. It's Harry Styles. What do you do? I mean, I listen to Harry. Like, why wouldn't you listen to Harry Styles? <laughs> like, I'd be like, <laughs> also love the Wattpad boys of stop. Like, that's what he sounds in every Wattpad thing. It's like, no love. Like, <laughs> yeah, hello, from- love. Stop. Don't go in there. <laughs> sounds on every american girl's tiktok when she tries to do the voice like it's great thank you don't so call me out like that <laughs> thank you for giving me the delight that is your version of how harry style sounds no, but like <laughs> i have an image in my head i'm living my best life like um you would do you, would you not listen to harry Styles? i would follow harry Styles to the end of the earth like you would listen to harry Styles. I have, like okay like i obviously at this point in my life i have worked hard for this like mm. i'm writing a novel i mean it's taken me months and months and months it's so much work but at the same time if harry Styles said stop don't go in there i would just <laughs> listen to him like i would is that bad is that anti-feminist and that's what I say I say no I say I would never <laughs> let any man do that I nothing can deter me from my goals but Harry Styles Harry isn't anybody <laughs> we are strong feminist women with a career goal but Harry Styles-, <laughs> Harry Styles exists in this world and we can't do anything about it we are living at the same time as Harry Edward Styles <laughs> let me just say that made my day better <laughs> My friend literally worked in a bakery because Harry Styles worked in a bakery. <laughs> when she was like 16, she was like, I know what job I'm going to get. That is so funny. <laughs> like, it's he's incredible. Just, he's just everything. He's the blueprint. I'm so glad you said that. I I agree. If I was like about to like make like my, like I was about to do my first day on The Daily Show and Harry Styles said, stop. I'm stopping. 
dropping like, everything wrong, i would ask him if he wants if my book ever got adapted into a movie i'd be like harry come play the lead for me and he'd be like but love i already stopped you from going to the book reading you <laughs> like, like i don't care this is my turn to tell you to stop stop holding yourself back harry <laughs> go be my lead <laughs> don't worry darling was actually written by abby Lawrence <laughs> <laughs> for you and harry Styles. are you joking definitely Oh my god, that's the dream team. Come on, Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. I'm literally obsessed with both of them. Like, I'm actually obsessed with Florence Pugh. I think she's the most beautiful woman to ever walk the earth. Her profile, perfect. The fact that she played Amy was so... Amy. (laughs) Little Women, let's talk about it. I would happily sit here and talk just for hours on Little Women. I love love that movie. I love the book. The movie, though? It's an issue. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. I do not like the first movie, the Kira Knightley one. I think it's, or is it Kira Knightley? It's not Kira Knightley. Knightley. It's not Kira Knightley. It's um, um, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder? In the Little Women movie. Yes. Yes, Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. Oh, Winona Ryder. Uh, <laughs> Winona Ryder and um, Christian Bale is Laurie. Oh, you're kidding. No, it's young, cute Christian Bale. It's Laurie. I don't remember any of the rest of the cast. I just remember those two. I don't either. But I I thought, you know, it was cute. It was good. Little Women's always good. But the Greta Gerwig, Little Women. It just, I literally, when I, I watched it with my mom and we watched, her pick was Steel Magnolias to watch. So we watched that. And then we watched Little Women. She cried so Magnolia and I sat there crying at Little Women. Yeah. And just everything about it, just, I just loved it so much. I, apart from Emma Watson's American accent, but I will let it slide because I love Emma Watson so much with my entire heart. I will let it slide because I genuinely do love her so much. Like, it was I've, pretty I've, horrid. It's not going to change now. Like, I'll let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> so apart from that, like, there's literally nothing. I can't find a flaw in it. the cast is perfect the part the best part is when uh they hand joe her first book like a baby i literally just got chills thinking about it it is just so beautiful it is beautifully done the cast is perfect the story of course is perfect because it's little women it's just so good and i love it and it's just i would die for them to just remake it every year honestly you don't have to change everything i just love how each of the women like everyone always thinks of amy as the crybaby but amy was like look i'm a woman i can't own anything like this is literally what my life has become and then there's meg and she's like my dreams are different but it doesn't make them less valid oh my god it's the perfect feminist anthem because it's like and I hate this and I always say I hate when people are like oh like the feminist strong woman can't fall in love yes she can it's called being a complex human being it's anti-feminist to expect anything less than a fully realized character and I completely I totally totally agree like I will read stuff like I um oh it's like it's like it's okay so in creative writing class let's go back to creative writing class It lives in my head rent free. Like my entire creative writing class lives in my head rent free. Um, it's like I remember when I was writing. I always felt like my novels, like because I write romance. Like I, I just I write romance. You've read my romance, of course. Romance. So like 
I always feel like less than for writing romance and always like for writing YA and stuff and I think it's very much because it's like a female genre and I was Mm -hmm. reading there's this book called Beach Read um which is another kind of like rivals to lovers romance and it's another one that I read to kind of give my brain a break from all the stuff that I was reading for school but it was great it was really it was a complex female lead who's a romance writer and she ends up living next door to the guy from her creative writing class who's like a really pretentious Ernest Hemingway-esque wannabe and he says to her he's like yours was the only writing that ever compared to me and she was like what do you mean and he's like just because romance doesn't mean it's not good like it doesn't mean you're not a good writer like he talks about it so much and he's like he talks about the fact that like you know it's an underestimated genre it's ridiculous and like a lot of things that women do are like underestimated and I'm like he's my king I love him and he's like I'm a Hemingway-esque fanboy kind of writer and I think it's great that like you you know he's given the respect because I think a lot of the time it isn't like and they're both fully fledged out characters and there's all these complex backstories with them and like it's great it's what you want it is. It's exactly. And I think that I have trouble writing like because I like to write things. You, you know my writing very well because I've made you read it a million times. <laughs> I don't like to write like love as the central plot just because I think it's overdone. But also like, I don't know. I don't think that there should be anything holding us back of like being like, oh, this doesn't make her strong. Yes, it does. She can be in love and she can be strong and she can pursue her career because women are what? Complex. And yeah. I'm so over it, like the thought that it's like, oh, like YA is like, and it's easy to write. No, it's not. That stuff is so nuanced. It is so hard. I read, I will tell you, I read a lot of different books, like romance books over the summer, because I wanted to see what some of the hype was about. So I read Nicholas Sparks. I read The Notebook. Mm-hmm. Did I enjoy it? No. Do you yeah. want to know what I enjoyed so freaking much? Was like Aristotle and Dante discover the secret of the universe. That book had me sobbing for the entire second half of it. It was so much more complex than The Notebook. It's so much more beautifully written than The Notebook. The books that I enjoyed were ones that were by YA authors. And I think it's partly because I think it's a lot more competitive now. And I think it's a lot more commercialized right. now. And I think that means the authors are very much like stepping up their writing, which I think is right. awesome. Because again, it's like, if I want to go into publishing, I have to think about these things. Oh, well, <laughs> I was talking about them. <laughs> like in terms of the fact that like, you know, a lot of romance and like especially female romance writers as well I like reading them so much more than I like reading male romance writers which is maybe just me being again feminist but (laughs) like I'm reading Dickens this semester and I hate the way he writes women yeah I hate it so much (laughs) the way like classical men a classical men the men who write like the classics write women makes me want to die I hate it it's awful and like it's gotten better but it's still not the same way that women write women because I will quite happily read a classic that's again like I think one of the reasons I love Oscar Wilde so much is because he's LGBTQ the reason that I love Jane Eyre so much is because you know written by a woman Mm. like it's that simple and that when it comes to classic literature that's why it's tolerable is because it's written from a perspective that feels familiar yeah which is a more modern and forward-thinking perspective because they didn't want to stick to the bourgeoisie (laughs) anti-feminist rhetoric period I think about these things a lot (laughs) no me too it's like and I have like I don't know I like meet with like some playwrights from high school something like every week and we'll just like workshop stuff and then they'll say like oh like I don't want her to fall in love because I don't want her to like lose her power I'm like but why does that mean she loses her power I don't think that it 
anything, it just, I, and that's my like thing about like when men write women, they don't give them like the three dimensional like self realization. Like they only get to certain parts of Maslow's hierarchy. Like they're there to be the love interest and to only be the love interest. And that's what I have issues with when women only exist for romance. But if she's having a career and then all along the way she falls in love, love it. Perfect. Print, copy. Look at narratives like The Hunger Games. If we go back to like what we were talking about earlier with like the whole YA boom. So like let's look at The Hunger Games and like you obviously pre The Hunger Games you have the beginning of the YA boom with Twilight which is like Team Edward, Team Jacob. That's because Bella's entire story arc revolved around like romance and that's true. Bella's not the strongest of characters. She gets better towards the end but and she starts like standing up for herself and for her family and like her beliefs. But like towards the beginning, she's pretty much just simping over Edward, which understandable, Robert Panson. So um, <laughs> like, you know, um, but if you look at like the Hunger Games and how that was portrayed, like the Hunger Games is about so many more complex things, but what did people fixate on? Peter and Gail. Like there are so many better things about the Hunger Games to fixate on than the romance subplot. It was a subplot. It wasn't the main plot of the books. Like th- that's what annoys me about some things. And like, that's why I think a lot of why that shit isn't taken seriously is because they're focusing on stuff like that. For sure. I totally agree. I think it's like, I think it's just like YA can be so nuanced. You just have to like dig. Like I think Fangirl is the perfect example of like a great story. We've literally, we're discussing that book last night and I've like given it to my roommate. I'm like, read this. It made me fall back in love with writing because, or not writing. Well, I mean, yeah, that too. But like reading, because like in high school, I was just so busy. I like never had time to like pleasure read. Like I was just always reading things for class. And I was like, oh my God, I miss like middle school. And like all I would do is read. And then I had like a free weekend and I read Fangirl. Oh my God. I read it in like a day. I was in love with it. It is so good. And that's a perfect example. Like people are like, oh, like Fangirl is such like a uh, like YA book it's incredible and I was even thinking about that for so long I was like it's like a book I would have read in eighth grade and I read it in like my senior year and it was breathtaking it, and then Ellen it's the same author as Eleanor and Park is it not yeah so I I love Rainbow Rowell she's my absolute now that you've got me on the top of Rainbow Rowell she's my <laughs> idol yeah I'm actually I've read everything I would read her grocery list she's that author that I would read her grocery list and yeah. I would be like wow art yeah like, I, I adore her mm-hmm. and I read Fangirl when I was in eighth or ninth grade when I was going through like a really heavy YA reading phase mm-hmm. it was like the same time as John Green I read Eleanor and Park as well and then Fangirl I remember reading it and being like oh it's okay and then I read it after my first year of university and I'd had like the experience of being a freshman of being a little geeky on the side yeah. like, <laughs> it suddenly hits so different like I just remember reading it and being like oh my god this is incredible and then I read um Carry On, which is also, oh, I can't even talk about Carry On. I love it so it's much. The, it's based on the fan fiction she writes, right? It's based on the fan fiction that she wrote because Rainbow Rowell was like, I created this like Harry Potter parallel universe kind of thing. And I have so many things in my head about it that I just couldn't write it. And my editor told me I shouldn't do it. And I did it anyway. And it's my best selling book. And I was like, that is so valid. Yeah. Like, iconic. And like, it's awesome. It's, it's, I think it acts really beautifully for our generation as well, because now that JK Rowling's being really problematic and you start seeing a lot more problems within Harry Potter, it mm-hmm. comes to light, like a lot of the criticisms of Harry Potter, like right. the actual Dumbledore character being like, so Simon Snow's father is the mage and he doesn't know that. 
and that's like the Dumbledore figure and I think, I think having him be explicitly his dad brings him to the question of how bad a lot of the father figures that J.K. Rowling sets out are right. and a lot of these kinds of things and also how the lack of diversity is and stuff like that um because I think you yeah, know the there's only a lot of character was Cho Chang huh how do we not catch that <laughs> Like, and the Patel twins and their horrible Yuval outfits that just do not represent Indian culture at all. It's awful. But, like, she really brings that to light and it's really awesome. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And, like, it's really cool. Um, But, yeah, I also read, I also, one that sticks with me forever that is what I base my writing style on was Landline. I read that the same summer after I read Fangirl for the second time. And I just, Landline was the book that made me realise that I wanted to write Mm -hmm. more. And like that kind of fantasy realism was what I wanted to do as well. That was like the book. So I love that. Highly recommend Landline. If you ever read Landline, it's one of her less like popular ones. Oh, Dream Ball Roll? Rowl? Yeah. Landline. Yeah. She's also got like short stories that are really cute as well. Um, I've also read. I need to dive in because I've everything I've read from her is I love like it's just art but I haven't like read everything she's done so I need to landline's my favorite um and then I think you'll like landline landline's very wholesome it's like kind of it's like split perspective it's well not split perspective but like she splits the story between kind of like um past and present like it's very interesting and how she does that and like the oh it's just so cool and like how the past influences the present and it's great it's very it's great I love it I just can't I don't want to spoil it because it's so great I loved it I'm gonna add it to my list I have I keep getting books from uh Reese Witherspoon's book club because I just trust her I trust her with my life I will read anything she recommends I'm reading yes I've read that that's a good book it's I'm only like a part way through just because I've been busy but yeah. it's good if you have recommendations please send them to me I have I have so many Abby thank you for joining me today your voice is just like the most pleasant thing ever the bands are just incredible too it really like your voice just makes up for my foghorn of a voice which is incredible but even when you do your heinous valley girl impression talking to just makes my life so now it is time you can let the audience know where they can find you so thank you i've been abby uh if you wanted to reach me my instagram handle is abeldabble99 and if you wanted to hear a bunch of british people try and be pirates um, go ahead and give our t24 underscore treasure island a follow on instagram if you ever want to watch that because you're bored in a pandemic <laughs> This has been the Pitch Podcast hosted by Bella Arnold and produced by Dig Magazine. If you have any fun ideas for the pitch or you want to be a guest, you can DM me at Bella Arnold on Instagram or at dig.mag on Instagram. Stay safe, pitches. And as promised, here are all the times that Abby and I did heinous accents of each other or just short-circuited as human beings. Cool though, you guys were able to like adapt to the. Oh my god, it's choked. Oh my god, you were able to being like trust yourself, trust your instincts, and then it was like trust your instincts, and I lost my like I literally had to mute my camera because I was like dying. Class, and I would come, I'd have like my apron with me, and I just like hate the world. Oh, like how's it long? Bleach twenty three. Oh my god, no way. I I feel pain only. Have some water. <laughs> <It's> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so much.
Oh my god, no, don't even go there. Like, I literally do it all the time when I'm here. Like, my friends are like, would you stop? We don't like American accents. And I'm like, no, it's amazing. Like, what's wrong with you? Abby, oh my god. Yes, the five seconds of summer. Once again, cutting this out, it was horrible. <laughs> you know Steve Carell wrote an episode of The Office? Um, okay, twinning. <laughs> stop. Me and Steve Carell are the same person. Um, <laughs> Dude, what is it? The From the same cloth? What is the saying? Oh, um... Cut from the same cloth? No way. Yeah, I think it's that. Am yeah. I okay? I have no thoughts in my brain. That's such a random thing though. I was gonna say two peas in a pod and you're like, you cut from the same cloth. Yeah, that makes more sense. I think I was thinking two peas in a pod, so I was like, two cuts from the same cloth. <laughs> There's no number involved. Like, it's just cut from the same cloth. What am I doing? My brain hurts. It's fine. Based ravioli. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> live with it, breathe with it. It's gonna be okay. You don't have to be yourself. Did I just see Roadman Robert Pattinson? Like, yo, what's up, mate? Like, getting. I'm a little girl. I can't read Rob, that. if you ever see this podcast, we just like to say that we respect and love you. We love you. We not even love you. We adore you. You are our everything. Thank you for existing. <laughs> Existence is pain, but it's a little bit less without you. <laughs> <laughs> Runs in the family. Uh, they're not British. <laughs>